1: What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenzi here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy Monday to you. Happy March. It's the month of March. Can you believe it? Three slash one. March 1st. Can't even believe it. This year's gone by really fast and uh, free agency's right around the corner. We're about two and a half weeks away, so got a lot to talk about. A lot of potential moves coming For the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe shedding the roster of some people, maybe getting prepped to add some big names to their roster. A lot of names keep floating around and uh, familiar names keep floating around. So we're going to talk about some of those names. We're going to talk about some other possible names that are coming, uh, not only available from the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, but also from other teams looking to maybe shed some contracts off the books, make some moves and better there you know, better their rosters as well. So we're going to get to it again. This is the water cooler chat on Mondays. So if you're new around these parts, why do we call it the water cooler chat? Because usually when you're at an office and you're talking with coworkers, friends, bosses, subordinates, whoever, and uh, you're talking some sports, you're talking some current events, all that kind of stuff. We are doing that within the football sphere, within the Cincinnati Bengals sphere. So we're talking Cincinnati Bengals news To start your week off, we're talking AFC North news, and we're talking about news around the rest of the league to get you caught up so you're educated and you get to sound like the smartest person within your work group, your friend group, your peer group, whatever, when it comes to talking football and whatnot. So let's get get going. Let's get going. I'm seeing a lot of hello, everybody. Seeing a lot of hellos in our live chats. Good to see you. In case you don't know, you can get uh, you can join us live every episode on our YouTube channel. You can join us live on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page on the Cincy Jungle Twitter account. And of course, our Twitter account, we stream live simultaneously to all those accounts. And then, of course, if you can't join us live for any of these episodes, all of all of the audio is available really on every major streaming platform. And then, of course, you know, I mentioned YouTube, Facebook, that sort of thing, whether it's our show, whether it's Orange is the New Black by Ace and Zim or Matt Minick's Chalk Talk, All that stuff's available to you, so hopefully you're enjoying what we are putting out for you this offseason. Let's get to it, starting with, of course, where else would we start, but since uh, cincyjungle.com, so got to start there. A couple of new articles, usually uh, one done by my co-host, John Sheeran. He wrote something here about how the Bengals can create cap Space, so here here it is on cincyjungle.com. A little lengthy to go through it bit by bit, but uh, some usual names here that you can you know you can look at in terms of expected cuts. You see, Geno Atkins and the cap savings here, of course, the difference being a post June 1st designation type of thing, so the Bengals can save themselves quite a bit of money by releasing one of the best players that has ever come through their doors. Unfortunately, it just uh, injuries and father time and just, you know, trying to get younger and do some different things on the roster. This contract for Geno Atkins, unfortunately, is a bit of an albatross. So the Bengals need to figure out something, you know, a pay cut is theoretically an option. I don't know that Geno Atkins would be willing to do that. It just seems like this is kind of the end of the road for both parties there. So you see that. Bobby Hart, another one here. Look at the cap savings. Almost $6 million there for Bobby Hart uh, if the Bengals get, get loose of that contract and maybe do something else at right tackle. And then this one, just this just kind of points to the, the trade of Carlos Dunlap, and that just really didn't net the Bengals much of anything. A seventh round pick and B.J. Finney. B.J. Finney didn't even really, you didn't take a snap for the Bengals last year um, after coming over from the Seahawks. Backup offensive lineman, you would have thought he maybe would have, you know, competed for some time and just, you know, nothing there. And the Bengals can get loose of over $3 million there. So, you know, that's uh, some savings there. And then there's some other names that uh, John Sheeran brings up. C.J. Uzama, Gio Bernard, Xavier Suofilo. I don't think that any of those three will be let loose in the unless the Bengals make a significant move you know at tight end or you know maybe they just decide to go heavy at guard maybe guard tackle and free agency then you, you say okay Suafilo he was a guy that was brought in from the last offensive line coach and so Jim Turner's out the door now you've got Frank Pollock here he may want a different set of guards just some different faces in here to work with so that's why Suofilo may be in there by the way. I, I saw that some Jets fan on over the weekend had said something to the effect of, you know, Frank Pollock and the Jets really went hard or uh, were, were set to go hard after Joe Tooney last offseason before the Patriots franchise tagged him. And so now Frank Pollock, being the offensive line coach with the Jets last year, now he's with Cincinnati. That could point yet another sign that points to the Cincinnati Bengals going after Joe Tooney as a guard for for their team in free agency. A lot of outlets are predicting that's where Joe Tooney's going to end up. I don't know if that's just, you know, conjecture based on him being from Ohio and the Bengals having space and wanting to do a lot of things on the offensive line. Or if that's, uh, you know, hearing actual rumors from Tooney's camp, we'll see. But just another little thing that popped up over the weekend that made me kind of go, oh, okay, the antenna popped up there. Let's keep rolling. Speaking of Joe Tooney, there was an article on cincyjungle.com recently by, I believe it was Jason Markham talking about a projected Joe Tooney contract. And if you had not have, if you did not have the chance yet, go back and listen to our podcast episode last Wednesday shameless self-promotion there on my part but go back and listen to that episode because we had Andre Parada on talking all things free agency salary cap that sort of thing and he had some nice uh research done on what some numbers could look like for Joe Tooney landing with the Cincinnati Bengals so go listen to that but um if you if you look here Spotrack has been projecting market value deals. So this is uh, a little bit of where the barometer is. Um, Tooney is projected to get a five-year deal worth 76 million, close to 77 million essentially, um, which would include an annual salary of Uh, 15.368 plus million dollars, making the 69th highest paid NFL player. If you're into uh, that sort of thing is what Markham writes there. So, Uh, basically we are looking at a, you know, average annual value of 15 plus million for, for Joe Tooney. Many of us kind of knew that, but that is what Spotrack has been projecting for Joe Tooney. And that would be a pretty penny for the Cincinnati Bengals. If they were to do that, it would, it would be a necessary move in terms of fortifying their offensive line, but it would also go against the grain a bit when, um, you know, when, when it comes to them paying guards, it just their track record is really spotty there. We've talked about that a number of times, very, very spotty track record in terms of paying guards big money. So it would have to be a, a real changing of the tide there if they wanted to go that route. Otherwise they may look at tackle and free agency, depending on who doesn't get franchise tagged, who will get franchise tagged, that sort of thing. That window for teams has opened um, to be able to franchise tag players at this point. Um, a lot of teams aren't, aren't doing that quite yet because they want to try and knock out a long-term deal before they start placing tags on people. But um, you know, a lot of the names out there, you know, uh, Taylor Moton of, of Carolina is one really to, to keep a close eye on at tackle. That would be one that would make a lot of sense for the Bengals, but most people believe he's going to stick with the Panthers. Probably the same thing with Daryl Williams of Buffalo. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, there, there will be some other names out there that will cost some money too, but uh, you know, quickly, the offensive line market could evaporate we saw that quite a bit last year you know a lot of franchise tag usage and that sort of thing for for potential Bengals targets so we'll see what happens there let's keep rolling on the uh, talking about salary cap and other tidbits of info on that this was this was a really cool piece also on cincyjungle.com by John Sheeran and locked on Bengals Host Jake Liskow who also has done some work in the past with Cincy Jungle, so it was good to have him back for this specific project. A really cool kind of Mythbusters what the Bengals can and can't do based on some numbers and you know what they should be able to do, and kind of you know you may not want to always look or listen to a lot of the excuses or a lot of the you know hey you know the money isn't what this is you know this was very well done and very well researched by these two Sharon and Liskow and you can see here that, you know, fact signing bonuses work to delay cap hits while front loading cash. Uh, myth, large average annual value equals equally large year one cap hit. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. I recommend that you you all take a look at this on cincyjungle.com. It is a little bit of a lengthy read, but it's very, very worthwhile, especially if you're into the salary cap. If you are monitoring what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing in free agency, this is a very worthwhile read. So. Um, check it out on cincyjungle.com. Good work by both of those two putting this together for a, a fun little project there. We will also be unveiling, um, I I won't give away the farm on it. I, I wrote a couple of them, but there's going to be, um, I'll just say this, a series of a historical side of things with the Cincinnati Bengals that'll be coming up soon on cincyjungle.com. So, check that out. A lot of the writers pitched in on that one too. Um, We're doing a lot of uh, of different series of articles on that website. So uh, pretty fun, pretty fun stuff we've been putting together there. This, this is kind of a cool one too on again, cincyjungle.com. The cornerbacks that are set to be free agents in 21. And you know, you may say, well, I mean, the Bengals need offensive line help. They need defensive line help. They you know they need wide receivers, of course. They that they they need to fortify all those positions. But you've got Mackenzie Alexander s- setting to hit free agency, and you've got William Jackson setting to hit free agency. Um, that leaves you with Trey Wayne's, Darius Phillips, and and a myriad of others who you know basically uh, they have some question marks. So you'd like to think Trey Wayne's is not a question mark because he's a pretty solid corner, but he didn't play down for the Bengals last year after signing a huge contract. So. Um, you know, y- 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 this is a, a position that worth monitoring for the Bengals. And, you know, you can see here there's LaShawn Sims and uh, he's another guy who's set to hit the open market. But um, basically here are some of the unrestricted free agent cornerbacks set to hit the market. And you see the three from the Bengals, Mackenzie Alexander, LaShawn Sims, William Jackson, but you've got Patrick Peterson. Richard Sherman, two guys at the end of their respective Hall of Fame type careers. DJ Hayden, an interesting name. Josh Norman, another one. Jason McCourty, Brian Poole, Kevin Johnson, Quentin Dunbar, um, Terrence Mitchell, Michael Davis. Mike Hilton is a name from the Steelers that gets kicked around a lot in some Bengals circles. He may be one that could be a cheaper replacement option for William Jackson, as is Ronald Darby, a guy who played very, very well last year. Particularly, go look back at the tape. Uh, I know Joe Burrow missed, you know, basically half the game against Washington, but go back to that tape. Ronald Darby, I think in that game, had four or five defended passes in that game. He played outstanding in that particular game. So go check out Ronald Darby in that game. But, you know, a, a name that could be, again, a serviceable option if the Bengals opt not to pay William Jackson or or can't meet what he wants on the open market there. So um, this one always gets me here. I interviewed this this guy a long time ago, at the NFL PA Bowl in LA when he was a rookie coming out of Oregon. Uh, Troy Hill, he's a guy who ended up landing with the Bengals as an undrafted free agent. He latched on with the Rams and he's gotten a lot of uh, playing time and a, a high profile role with the Rams. So he's an interesting name to keep an eye on there. A little bit of a smaller guy, but he's, he's ended up having a, a really good career for himself uh, for, you know, being an undrafted guy. Gary and Conley, Another, you know, high pick there from the Texans. Kevin King is a really interesting name. So there, there are a lot of guys in here that could, you know, potentially s- step up, an old friend Drake Kirkpatrick as well, that could step up and potentially help the Bengals if uh, even if in a stopgap type of type of situation, but the Bengals will need in all likelihood. I don't know that they'll be able to keep both William Jackson and Mackenzie Alexander, unfortunately. Um you know, Ben baby, I think is predicted of ESPN has predicted that McKenzie Alexander will move on, uh, played pretty well for the Bengals for the most part last year. I would like to see him back as their slot corner. I don't know if they will pay him. We'll see, but um, you know, paying, if you're talking about paying Carlos and paying William Jackson, and then of course you've got, you know, some offensive line work to do potentially even wide receiver. I don't know that a money to a second cornerback will be feasible for the Bengals. If, even if it's a, a reasonable deal, we'll see though. Um, So they may need to allocate some money that they maybe don't want to spend on resigning at their own position. If it's a little higher price tag for someone, uh, a little lower price tag that can come in, maybe even on a rental type of deal. We'll see what happens though. The Bengals do need to look at their cornerback position for sure though, based on those three guys hitting the open market for the team at that position group. I'm Anthony Casenza with cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. This is the Monday water cooler chat. Going around the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to be here a few more minutes talking headlines, news, all that good stuff. As we get your week started on Monday, good to see all of you. Whether you're joining us live, um, and hello to all of you joining us after the fact. If you're streaming it on a different platform, try and join us live if you can. We have fun. We have fun. We we uh, I don't know. We we talk some talk some football and. You get to see what I'm sharing with my screen. You get to interact a little bit. You know, interaction's always good, even if it's virtual.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: So let's just a quick reminder here. If you... um have not seen these. This is kind of a cool, it's just a cool thing we do basically every day. It's just a kind of a link dump for a <laughs> lack of better words. Um, it's just, it's titled Bengals news. And then there's, you know, all kinds of different links about the Bengals and the NFL. So um, check that out if you can To some good stuff there. Let's move on to our good buddy, Chris rolling at Bengals wire through USA today makes of a point here for the Bengals to make another, maybe a low, low risk, high reward type of move along the offensive line. Nick Martin, brother of Zach Martin, who is uh, a very good offensive lineman for the Cowboys. He was released. He's a center, was released by the Texans who are just in absolute fire sale mode at this point. And we've got some more sort of Texas news, Texans news to share. Uh, The Bengals, uh, the Texans cut them freeing up 6.25 million and he's a 27 year old player hitting the open market. So this could be a guy that maybe intrigues the Bengals as a center guard type of type of player. It all depends on how Trey Hopkins is doing. It sounds like by some reports, Trey Hopkins is uh, planning on being ready for week one with the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be quite a pleasant surprise based on how late in the season he suffered that knee injury. So, um, you know, We'll we'll see what happens. There. He tore his ACL in Week 17. You see that there, but this could be a guy that could be a swing option along the offensive line. Um, again, it, it depends on Trey Hopkins' progress. It also depends on what Frank Pollock can do with Billy Price and how much belief they have in him being able to contribute along the offensive line. Whether it's spot starter, maybe he grabs a hold of a long time starting position or or you know kind of valuable backup type of guy. I don't know, but. Interesting option proposed here by Chris Rowling over at Bengals Wire and USA Today. Cool article on Bangles.com as well, talking going back into the history books. This is from good buddy Jeff Hobson here talking about uh, historically black college and universities have played a prominent role in Bengals history. And they, of course, Ken Riley's probably the most notable, but you've got Al Beauchamp. Um, I think Lamar Parrish was was mentioned here as well, so kind of a cool little uh, walk down memory lane in terms of some of the names that the that Hobson brings up here. And you see that the 1975 Bengals went 11 and three. You see Florida A and M, Ken Riley, and Lincoln University's Lamar Parrish. Lamar Parrish is a guy I know we talk a lot about Ken Riley, and rightfully so, but Lamar Parrish is a guy who um, doesn't get talked about quite as much, and was a very exciting football player, and should be, you know should definitely be one of those guys mentioned in the ring of honor and whatnot for the Bengals as well. A really, really good player. And then, of course, you've got Beauchamp, Charlie Joyner. Uh, A lot of people know him from being a Chargers Hall of Famer, but before he was there, he was with the Cincinnati Bengals, a productive player there. And then, of course, Essex Johnson. Go check out Our first interview, first of two interviews with Ken Anderson on our show, he talked about Essex Johnson and a guy that was really he valued a lot in the passing game as a young quarterback. Pretty cool, pretty cool walk down memory lane. But a very cool article by Jeff, Jeff Hobson of bangles.com. Go check that one out. Really, really cool. And, um, you know, just, just a, I, I always find it fun being a history guy going going back a little bit talking about the Bengals, and you, you hear all these names from yesteryear and you get a little bit of a a background on them. It's pretty cool. I, this, this thing might, I mean, we're going to go through about two, maybe three of these, but I don't know if we should start calling this thing mock draft Monday all the way through April or what, but there was a really interesting mock draft put out by Trevor Sikema of hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Of the draft network. And interesting in respect to what he did with the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you look here, you've got pretty predictable somewhat up top. Trevor Lawrence going number one overall to the Jags. Zach Wilson going number two to the Jets. Trey Lance going number three to the 49ers. Kyle Pitts going number four to the Falcons. And then at number five, he's got the Panthers trading up. To get Justin Fields four quarterbacks in the first five picks in his draft. And the Panthers trade the number eight overall pick, their second round pick, and a 2022 second for the Bengals 21, uh, the number five overall pick. So here's my issue with this. At this point, both Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell are on the board. I don't know that with both those guys there, The I mean, maybe the Bengals roll the dice and say, yeah, we'll move back a handful of spots. Chances are, you know, those guys will be available if we're only sitting at eight. One of those guys will be available if we're sitting at eight. And then we get a couple more picks. Maybe that's the mindset. But look who goes right in front of them. Pinay Sewell, Jamar Chase. And then the Bengals get a bit of a consolation prize in Rashawn Slater. Some folks like Slater more than Sewell. I personally do not. But here's the reasoning here. Bengals are the big winners here as they gain a couple of nice early day two assets. And then in parentheses, because remember, the team is not really ready to win just yet, while also hitting on their biggest position of need with a really good player. Some will tell you Slater is a guard due to the shorter arm length. I think he'll be a good starter no matter where you put him. I think he could play right away and succeed at right tackle opposite Jonah Williams. And if the right opportunity comes, uh, blah, 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 where, the, where they can kick Slater inside. Okay. Here's my thing with this. And maybe we can talk a little bit more on about this on Wednesday, but Sakema talks about the shorter arm length with, with Slater. And then of course that was a knock as well with Jonah Williams when he came out in the draft. So now you've got potentially, if this is the way that things shake out if you've got Slater on one side, Jonah on the other, whether it's left and right, right and left, whatever, whichever position you would play those two guys, you've got two tackles with shorter arm length, At each side. Now, both these guys seem to be very talented, but I don't know that that would be an ideal situation with two tackles with noted shorter arm length. Could they get by and be effective? Very good players. Yes. The tape on both of them in college was outstanding. Jonah made some nice strides this year, but I don't, I don't know that I'm wild about having two tackles with shorter arm length there, but um, you know, we can, we can look more and we will look more at Rashawn Slater, Panay Sewell and others, but interesting note there. Um, I, I do like, you know, I see Robert Rourke and others saying, you know, I like, um, I like the fact that they get another second round pick. Second round picks are very valuable and the Bengals can, you know, it's another high second round pick. So you like that aspect, but I don't know. I, with, with both Penny and Chase on the board at that point, you move back and see both of them go in front of you. I don't know if I, if I dig that, scenario. Here's another one from Charlie Casserly of NFL.com, and this will transition nicely as well to some more AFC North talk, other teams around the division. Um, you know, you see here Justin Field slides to the Steelers in his mock draft. He's got Trevor Lawrence going number one overall. He's got the Jets taking Zach Wilson, the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase, the Panthers moving up to pick four and get, getting Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And then, of course, you've got kind of the safe, predictable pick by the Bengals going Panay Sewell, saying the Bengals need to protect their young, talented quarterback, Joe Burrow, whose rookie season was cut short due to injury. Getting the best offensive tackle in this draft class should help. So in Charlie Casserly's eyes, Sewell is the top tackle in the class. I want to go down here to where the Steelers are because he says he's got Justin Fields going to the Steelers and I got to see just how far he's got this going here. Um, that's he's got him going 24th. So I, I was wondering if he had the Steelers move up at all and he did not. He's got this, he's got Justin Fields, the Ohio state quarterback going 24th to the Steelers and he writes, even though the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger are planning to continue their partnership, I don't see the veteran playing much longer. In a stunning turn of events, Fields slides all the way to number 24. Obviously, it won't be surprised if he goes much earlier than this. And Pittsburgh pounces at the chance to land a talented successor for Big Ben. Sitting behind a future Hall of Famer for a year is a prime spot for the Ohio State prospect. I don't really believe that Justin Fields will go. Um, that far down the draft. We've seen stranger things happen in, in other draft classes. You know, Johnny Manziel, Brady Quinn, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, guys guys inexplicably fall. I don't see that just with the value of quarterback in this specific era and the fact that teams can get a first-round quarterback and do what the Bengals essentially are doing and load up on other parts of the roster because of a manageable salary cap situation on a rookie, uh, rookie contract for a quarterback. So I don't know if I see that I could see Pittsburgh taking a quarterback in the first round though, as a successor to big Ben. I could definitely see that they probably need to move up from 24 at that point though. I would think, especially for one of the top, you know, three, four, five guys in this class, I think they're probably going to need to move up a little bit. Speaking of quarterbacks in the AFC North, There's been some chatter about a long-term deal in the works with Lamar Jackson, kind of some conflicting reports with he and the Ravens. So there was a report over the weekend that said um, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson were far apart in contract talks. And according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, his sources tell him that they haven't even started negotiating a long-term contract yet. So Jackson's still on his rookie deal and, um, I, you know, Mike Florio is, is reporting something to the opposite of other reports that are out there. So, uh, just kind of, I guess a little bit with the territory, you hear a lot of kind of static, uh, and conflicting reports and these sort of things. And Lamar Jackson, of course, took a nice step this last postseason, getting a win, but you know, not, um, still not getting them to a championship. So, uh, you know, I, I think obviously the Ravens are going to get something done. It's just a matter of when and and what that contract looks like. Lamar Jackson's just too good to not have them sign long-term. Just, you know, they need to get them. They need to get a contract done. Um, But something to monitor because who knows if a stalemate will happen here. not, too much news in terms of the the Browns or the Steelers. This was just kind of, you know, just keeping with the mock draft Monday type of thing. This was on clevelandbrowns.com. They talked to a number of different media members to do uh, a mock draft for what the Browns will do at number 26. And you can see here, Anthony, uh, Anthony Trash at pro football focus. He has them taking Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. Tom Fernelli of CBS sports has them taking Jalen Phillips. I saw someone in our live chat mentioned that they like Jalen Phillips. And I think in one of our John and I's, uh, first go round of a mock draft for the Bengals, we had them taking him, I believe in the early second round at that point, um, perhaps third round. I'd have to go back and look, but I, he was one of our picks so, um, yeah, you know, Jalen Phillips is an interesting guy, very, very athletic. So Tom Furnelli has him going to the Browns at 26. And as you know, there's been a lot of rumors. I've talked about it on the other previous Monday shows, a lot of rumors that the Browns want another pass rusher to match with Miles Garrett. So, uh, whether whether that's a high profile free agent or someone in the draft, they're gonna they're gonna go after somebody. Nate Davis of USA Today has them getting linebacker Jeremiah Wosu koromoa from Notre Dame. Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports has them going with a defensive tackle Davion Nixon out of Iowa, and then Zach Jackson of the Athletic has them going with cornerback Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. So um, those are some of the names that other media members covering the Browns or around the NFL have mocked to the Browns at number 26. Shortly before we took the air, some big news around the NFL hit the Twitter, <laughs> the Twitter wire, the NFL wire, whatever you want to call it a lot of, of talk about J.J. Watt, there was a, there were rumors he was going to either go to Green Bay, he was going to go to Cleveland, or he was going to go to Pittsburgh. He was going to go to a contender. He was going to go get paid. He was going to go near Wisconsin to try and get him, um, you know, closer to home. That sort of thing. Well, he chased he chased the money, and yes, a, a pretty competitive team, a team that won eight and eight last year. But he chased the money and uh, the warm weather. And he himself put out a tweet saying, you know, this is the source and he's wearing Arizona Cardinals gear. But J.J. Watt is signing a two-year deal worth $31 million with $23 million of it guaranteed towards the end of his career here with the Arizona Cardinals. Watt's going to line up opposite of Chandler Jones. And then, uh, you know, obviously they grabbed DeAndre Hopkins in a trade last year. He's making more than 15 million a year on this contract so you know I think a lot of people at that you know it's so funny I, I I ended up kind of just glancing at Brown's fans or Brown's Twitter reactions to this and it's like oh well thankfully we didn't sign you know they were all aboard signing JJ watt when they when there was interest there and then of course when they see the numbers oh well we didn't want it. we don't want that no 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 no. Same with the Steelers. Oh, we couldn't afford that anyway. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Okay. Sure, guys. Anyway, J.J. Watt will not be in the AFC North, but it does affect, potentially, the Russell Wilson situation in Seattle. Russell Wilson has basically publicly said he wants a better (laughs) situation along the offensive line, but more talent. Doesn't want to get sacked as much. And so now he's got a team he faces twice a year, now has J.J. Watt to add to their arsenal. So, Um, at any rate, JJ Watt will not be coming to the AFC North. Good news for the Cincinnati Bengals and their offensive line, but, um, a big contract on a, on a, you know, two year deal, but a, a big monetary number on that contract. And, um, I don't know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I see, I see some people that, you know, it's surprised DJ in our live, live YouTube chat saying surprised he went to the Cardinals. The Cardinals were, if you remember, they were in the mix for the playoffs throughout much of the season. They had kind of a late season collapse. And then of course, you know, the the Rams kind of put some things together. Seattle made the postseason. That that division's pretty tough, but Cardinals were in the mix quite a bit there. Um, and I think that they're, you know, maybe a, a couple pieces away. And, um, you know, they, they could be pretty competitive this year. So I, I would not sleep on the Cardinals there as being, you know, a total non-contender. I know they haven't had, the most storied past as a football team only way, way back when they were like the St. Louis Cardinals way long time ago, but interesting move. And uh JJ watch, JJ watch, JJ watt, watch, whatever you want to call it is over. He's with Arizona. So that is that more moves courtesy of Ian Rappaport here. Kind of, I guess, predictable, but still a little bit, like, sad, I guess. Uh, saying the Washington football team is expected to part ways with quarterback Alex Smith in the coming days. Um, he was the comeback player of the year. He's 36 years old. He may get a chance to land somewhere, probably as a backup, a mentor type of role somewhere. He wants to play, and um, good for him. I mean, I you would think that – at that point, you win comeback player of the year. You're a pretty good story. You had a gruesome injury. You're getting released by a team, and maybe you kind of say, you know what, um, I'm good. But he wants to play. He's a competitor, and I don't know where he'll end up. Um, I, I, I assume a team will have him on the roster, in, you know, go, at least going into training camp as a backup. Probably, like I said, a, a fringe starter or a, an emergency starter type of situation, a backup guy. Um, good story for him to come back from that gruesome, gruesome injury. He's went, he's gone through a lot. Go check out some of the documentaries out there on, on Alex Smith. But, um, and I think there was a recent interview with him. I want to say maybe, I don't can't remember if it was like vanity fair or GQ or something like that. Um, he was pretty open about some stuff, uh, with, with the football team and, and all of that. So go, uh, go see, go, go look for that. Interview out there that was conducted recently, but Alex Smith appears to be an incoming free agent quarterback on the market. I'm already seeing somebody, some Bengals fans, talking about Alex Smith potentially being a backup to Burrow. Maybe, um, maybe, you know, could get you through a couple of games. Hopefully, that we don't have to deal with any of that. Hopefully, backup quarterback is the least important position on the Cincinnati Bengals roster this year, as opposed to one of the more important ones based on what happened last year. Hopefully we don't have to talk about that kind of stuff because Burrow will be healthy and will play 16 or more games because of the postseason. This talking about draft and adding talent, Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 draft prospect rankings is out. His newest one um, came out a few days ago. So check this out. He's got Trevor Lawrence as a number one. He did unveil his top five recently, which was a little a little uh, surprising. He's got Jamar Chase as his number two player in the draft. Kyle Pitts is number three player in the draft. Zach Wilson is number four player in the draft, quarterback out of BYU, and Caleb Farley. This was one that um, was a little surprising to some, at, at least myself, the corner. Uh, not to say that far, Farley is very, very good, but I just was surprised to see his name in number five, Caleb, Caleb Farley. He's got Jalen Waddle, his sixth ranked player moving up two spots from his previous list. He's got Rashawn Slater at number seven. He's got Devonte Smith at eight and he's got Panay Sewell at nine. Um, so Jeremiah has Sewell ranked below Slater in this list. And of course, depending on who you ask, Those two guys kind of get flip-flopped as the top tackles in this year's class. Um, So, you know, well, kind of, again, depends on who you ask. Micah Parsons is a really interesting guy, um, a linebacker out of Penn State. I'm very curious to see where he goes. You know, linebacker's been a position that's been devalued a bit, but this is a guy that seems to be a generational type of talent by most by most who follow him and his career. So um, interesting to see where he goes. Those are the top 10. then you see Trey Lance right out there uh, uh, at number 11 on his list. So check out Daniel Jeremiah's on NFL.com. His top 50 prospects in the class went through the top 11 with you here. One more bit of sad news here. Irv Cross, Pro Bowl cornerback. I think he was a Hall of Famer as well. Um, He was a sportscaster with CBS, passed away at um, 81 years old, and uh, he was 98th pick in the 1961 draft. Uh, Good guy, long football career, story football career, and unfortunately passed away at 81 recently. So uh, RIP Irv Cross, a mainstay in the NFL. Talking about – we talked about a couple of Alabama guys in the draft coming up, and. Tua is talking about his old teammate, Mac Jones, and successor, Mac Jones, and he calls him, according to Nick Shook of NFL.com, Tua Tagovailoa sees greatness in former teammate Mac Jones, quote, he's a more mobile Tom Brady. Um, He says, I would say, I would say he's a sly kind of athletic person. He's a more mobile Tom Brady. He's a really great person. Tago continued. A lot of the guys when I was playing in Alabama, they really loved being around his personality and who he was. So I'm thinking whatever team gets him, they're going to be very lucky. He's a great player. There's been a lot of different type of comparisons for Mac Jones. I've heard, you know, basically bigger, a little stronger Andy Dalton. I've heard, um, you know... This comparison, a more mobile Tom Brady. I've heard all kinds of different comparisons. Tough, tough evaluation. Alabama guys are always kind of tough to evaluate because the team is always just this all-star cast. And you go, you know, I mean, how how would these guys fare as the guy on a team that wasn't as stacked with talent? So uh, whether that's the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, that, that all-star defense, the offensive line, I mean, they just seem to have stars everywhere. And, you know, it makes evaluating Alabama players a little bit tough, but um, seems to be a guy that could sneak into the first round, maybe a an early day two guy, Mac Jones, that is, for a team that – you know, maybe lost out on one of those top quarterbacks still needs one and or a developmental guy that they want to groom for a year, that sort of thing. Maybe there's some questions with their current starter, that sort of thing. Um, But Mac Jones seems to be a guy that, you know, I think teams will like. Uh, I I don't know that they will love him, but I think teams will like him. We'll see, though. A couple more before we get out of here. Aaron Rodgers in the news, uh, not only because he got engaged to a, an actress apparently, but he donated a million dollars to aid 80 small businesses in his hometown. Very cool story here. Uh, he has helped 80 small businesses in his hometown of Chico and Butte County, California. Um, so they cover rent and or other operational costs. Um, so he says small locally owned businesses are the heart and soul of a community and the applications and the videos. It was heart wrenching to hear about all the obstacles facing restaurants and retail establishments. So many of them are struggling just to stay in business, but remain hopeful that there's an end to this. Obviously a lot of small businesses have been affected by the COVID-19 crisis and particularly in his area. So I guess he fielded, um, he said, you know, I'm going to commit this money to help small businesses and small businesses reached out to him as part of the application process or, you know, talked about their business, kind of like what's going on with the Barstool Fund, Barstool uh, Sports, if you saw what they're, what Dave Portnoy is doing there as well. Um, so it sounds kind of similar to that. And then he has awarded, um, you know, differing amounts of money, it sounds like to to various small businesses in his hometown. So pretty cool story. There. Now let's end on some free agency. There was the top 50 prospects per Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com. And then you've got the top 101 NFL free agents. We went through some of these lists a few weeks back from pro football focus, but these are the top 101 NFL free agents of 2021. Who are the best players available published today by Greg Rosenthal. Um, who was in around the NFL editor. They've got Dak Prescott as the number one free agent in the class. Trent Williams, Allen Robinson. Let's see, Leonard Williams, Justin Simmons, the safety. Chris Godwin, J.J. Watt. Now he is – you can cross him off there. So this is now a top 100, I believe, (laughs) instead of 101. Shaq Barrett, a guy who the Bengals courted a couple of years ago. Uh, decided to pull a contract away from him and who has had two outstanding seasons since with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a guy that is set to hit the open market as well. You've got Aaron Jones, the running back out of Green Bay. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there if they franchise tag him. Taylor Moton, we mentioned him earlier in the show. 10th, uh, Scherf, 11th, Bud Dupree. Uh, Carl Lawson ranked all the way at fourteen. Um, he re- he says pass rush in a bottle. I can't imagine why the Bengals will not tag Lawson, who finished fourth in pressures, 64, and second in quarterback hits among edge rushers, by Pro Football Focus. So he is six, uh, 14. Joe Tooney is 17th on this list. Above-average starting guards who never miss a snap get paid so much in free agency that Bill Belichick. May just use the tag on Tooney for the second year in a row. I don't think they will use it, the tag on him for the second year in a row, personally. But um, so you can kind of see here, and I know William Jackson's on this list too. So you can kind of see, you know, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cam Newton, Johnu Smith. So check that out. Interesting stuff there by Greg Rosenthal on NFL.com. The top it says top 101, but JJ Watt is now psh, psh, off that since he signed with the Cardinals reportedly. And so a lot of names there. A lot of names there. We're going to get on out of here. It's been a longer one again on Monday, but a fun one. Thanks for tuning in with us. Let me know about this too. We're thinking about maybe having little spot guest hosts or just fun little uh, spotlights of either Bengals fans or other special guests on the Monday episode. And let me know if you guys think that would be a cool idea, kicking around some different ideas on this and um, you know, trying to liven it up a little bit, but, uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this edition of the water cooler chat. It is the March 1st. We're in March, March 1st edition of the water cooler chat free agencies right around the corner. And then we've got the NFL draft right after that. Hopefully your Monday's off to a good start. Hopefully the rest of your week is a breeze. Have fun, be safe, get work done, do whatever you need to do. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good week.